Praise the Lord. From where I come from, when we say praise the Lord, you say hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. That's good too. But I prefer the one that says that the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. That one is scriptural, isn't it? Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm excited to be here. It's wonderful to be here. I tell you, I feel like one of the old people in the, in the, uh, in the chronicles of the Israelites on the wilderness. Because I see a lot of young people. And I get excited when I see young people because they are the ones that will take the message to the promised land. Praise the Lord. Yes, there are students here. I can tell you, you you guys learn very quickly. I come from, or I'm coming from a very dark part of this world. It's in spiritual bondage, and the darkness is intense. I come from a section of the world called the 1040 window. And I know that a lot of you missionaries have heard of the 1040 window. It is a small section in the world where over 95% of all peoples who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior live. Many have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some have, but refuse to accept him as Lord and Savior. There is a lot of light here. There's a lot of darkness there. And the Lord's desire is that the light will pierce the darkness. And the darkness shall not be able to comprehend it. Praise the Lord. One of these days you guys have to come to Ghana. I thank God for being here. I could see that there were a lot of people here who love Jesus. Let's see those who love Jesus. Let me see your hands. Wow. You know what? Anytime I travel between the east and the west, I'm amazed. See, I live in what is called the eastern culture. And you guys live in what is called the Western culture. And the Western culture is very proper and very organized. The Eastern culture is wild and crazy. And when you ask an Eastern man, do you love Jesus? Watch out. Because he's going to explode. You know, if I'd asked who loved Jesus here, where I come from, you would have, I mean, the whole building would be shaking. Because they are wild. For Jesus. Praise the Lord. Who loves Jesus here? (laughs) The Lord is good. The angels are rejoicing. Because the Lord is good. This meeting here. I'm excited to be here. Because this meeting. Has made a tremendous impact in my personal life and in the lives of the people where I minister. And sometimes when you are busy in the task 
of getting things going, you, you do not see how much effectiveness your work is bringing to other people. So I've come to share with you just a little bit about what you guys do here. I know a lot of you are students and, and missionaries and all sorts of people, and sometimes it becomes a mundane task, and you do not realize the effect of what God is doing with what you have here. I've come to share a little bit. But before I do that, I'd like to speak to you about the Word of God. Because in everything, the Word of God is the foundation. Amen? Amen. 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 Missionary stories are great. And they are wonderful. But they do not save anybody. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) I'm a strange missionary, am I? I'm one of those, but I know that what we tell is good, but that's not what brings life. How many of you have your Bibles? Let me see. I know you all have all sorts of books. So I'm, I'll be surprised if there are any Bibles. There are a whole lot of them. Wow. The children of God, we love the Word of God. Let's turn to the book of Matthew. I want to build a foundation for what I want to tell you so that you see the biblical implication of what you're doing. And has impacted me and hundreds of thousands of others back where I, I'm coming from. Matthew chapter 9, let's look at verse 35. Since you all love Jesus, we're going to talk about Jesus. Is that all right? Listen, brothers and sisters. I'm a bush missionary. I'm not one of those real refined city missionaries. The place where I live, those who have been there will tell you, it's a chaotic place. It's filled with goats and sheep and cows and dogs and bicycles and people. And they are all in the street mixed together. And it's like an ocean of humanity. And you have to weave your way through. I feel like Amos, prophet Amos, he was a shepherd, a sheep herder, and a pruner of trees. And God picked him up from the the dusty backwoods of Bactossel and sent him to Israel, to the city where the king was, to prophesy, in fact, to cry against the city. And they told him, they said, Amos, go back where you came from. He said, I cannot. I was minding my business in the bush when God called me and said, you go. And so I would say what the Lord has told me to say. So I have come. I'm not going to talk to you in a great refinement of of, of vocabulary and all the things that you well-educated people are used to. But I'm going to tell you the Word of God in plain and simple terms. And therefore, if I'm very abrupt and I hurt your feeling, I apologize right now before I start. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. The Lord desires for us to be straightforward and clear. In fact, He told the prophet Jeremiah, He said, Do not diminish my word. You know, uh, 
I speak about six languages, but I, 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 I work in probably about 20 different languages at the same time. So many places I go, they have to translate for me. But I have a working knowledge of almost all the languages. So when I say a word and they diminish the word, I can tell that they have not translated it at the full force of the word. And I'll look at them and say, no, I do not want that word. I want the other one. <laughs> and a lot of times they are afraid because the word I'm using is a strong word. But God said use a strong word. So we do not diminish the word of God. We speak it as the Lord gives it to us. Look at Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 9 and, uh, and uh, 35. And he said, then Jesus, I'm reading from the New King James. He said, then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now that is a snapshot of a perfect missionary. He went to the people he went to their homes. He went to their villages. He preached the gospel to them and he healed them. Jesus did what we are all trying to do and he did it himself. The word that is amazing there says he went about all the cities and the villages. He did not leave any out. And he taught them. And he preached to them. See, there are two separate things. He taught them. And he preached also. And he brought healing. Diseases. He healed them. He healed them. This is what we are all attempting to do in this place. And all around the world. Wherever we send our missionaries. This is what we attempt to do. Go to every hamlet. The place I live, there are mud huts, okay? People don't live in any of these buildings you have here. It's, it's mud huts, round mud huts with no windows. The doors are about that high and the, the roof is all grass. There are no floor. There are bare ground. That's where the people live. They put a mud down and sleep. That's all they got. So we, we do hut to hut evangelism. Instead of you doing house to house, we do hut to hut evangelism and we bring the message of hope to the people and that was what Jesus did but I want you all to look at something that is amazing after Jesus have done this wonderful work that we are, we are all striving to do something drastic happened something extraordinary happened something world changing and world Shaking happened. Listen to this. When you go to 36, he says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Didn't Jesus know that before he went in the mission field to preach to them? He had some knowledge of it. He had some idea. But when he saw the people eyeball to eyeball, he saw where they were at. Something else happened in Jesus' heart. He said he had compassion. Compassion. 
those of you who are students, you can research that word compassion. I have my own definition, which is different from the one that is in the dictionary. But he had compassion on the people. And when he had compassion, something happened. And that's where we are now. That's what I want us to talk about. When he had compassion, when you read the next verse, strategy changed. The world shifted a gear. Things began to happen. Jesus was one man going from village to village, city to city, preaching and teaching and healing the people. Wonderful work, beautiful work, great work. But when compassion came, something else happened. Something else happened. Then, it starts from verse 37. Then, because something has happened, he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Something changed. It was no longer a one-man army. Jesus said, I need more hands. We all talk about multiplication as if we came up with that idea. We didn't. Jesus did. This is, right, this is exactly where it started from. The principle of multiplication. This is where it is. He said, I have done this alone and yet there is more to be done. I cannot do it all. I need more hands. So what did he do? He turned to the people that he has been discipling. He didn't just go to the street and grab people and say, let's go. No, no, no. He turned to his disciples. He has been teaching others. And he went to those people and he said, now come. We need to multiply. We need to grow. This work is greater than one man. Now, this conference has been growing from year to year in numbers. But I'm also hoping that it's growing in spirit. Amen? But we are still on the first level of mission. Because we come here, we learn, and we go to the mission field and we do it. Like Jesus was doing. It's still one to one. But there's a second stage of missions. And most missionaries miss it. A lot of us miss it. And that second stage is others. It's not us. It's others. Jesus got others. And he equipped them. And he sent them into the vineyard. So that more can be done, can be done than what he was doing. Others. I don't know if the executives for the conference are here this evening, but I will plead and, and pray with them that they will move from the first stage of missions, where most of us are, into the second stage of missions. And that is get others involved. Get this conference to begin to get others and plant others. So that the work will multiply. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. We need others just like Jesus understood and got others involved. Now, there's something that you all know already, but when I began to look at this scripture and study when God called me to come here and speak to you, something struck me as very unusual about Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God and how things were done. I realized one very important factor. It's extremely important for this group here tonight. I realized that the number one method by which Jesus Christ started the kingdom of God and maintains it is true healing, spiritual and physical healing. That is the number one. I, I, I don't know how many Bible scholars are here, but I'll challenge every one of them. There was no any other method that God used more often or Jesus used more often in the establishment and the expansion of the kingdom of God than healing. In fact, every scripture that talks about evangelism going will have healing attached to it. He healed the people of their diseases. He healed them. You go to Luke. In fact, Luke 9 and 2 said that first he taught the people and then he healed them. You go to Luke 10.9, he said he healed the people and did what? And then taught them. But all the scriptures, all of them, have healing attached to what we call evangelism. The word of God travels on a word. It's called an advantage. The word of God travels on advantage. Everywhere it goes, it brings advantage to the people. The word of God. Why did Jesus bring us the word of God? It tells us in, in the Hebrews, for the joy that was set before him, even though he despised the shame, he endured the cross. There was something that was pulling him on. There was something good set ahead of him. The apostles, what did they get? Most of them were killed. Even Paul told us. He said, we left everything and follow you. What do we have? He said, you have eternal life. It's an advantage. Paul tells us, I think it's in First Peter, I can't remember exactly where it is, but he said, we have come to God to receive glory and honor and eternal life. All of you, that's why you are Christians. You are not Christians because you woke up one day and said, Christianity is the best. I'm going to be part of that. Forget about the rest. No sorry, Bob. <laughs> there is a reward in there for you and that's why you are in it. That is God's plan all along. There's nothing wrong with that. It's God who set it up that way. But let me tell you the number one thing he set up the kingdom of God with is healing. Spiritual and physical healing. And here we are surrounded by healing experts. All, all types of healing. What are we doing with that? It's connected 
with evangelism is connected with telling the people if you are in medicine and you are not telling people about Christ, you are only doing half what you are called to. Medicine goes with evangelism. In fact, one of them said it. It was Will Rogers. This is not a conference about missions. To your surprise, this is missions. It is not a conference about missions. It is missions. Global health mission is the mission. Because you cannot take the gospel to other people without that advantage being part of it. Why is it, and I want to ask a question, why is it that in the 1040 window, most people do not have Jesus as their Lord and Savior? We can use a lot of other things, and I live in dangerous places, so some words I won't say, but I'll tell you one thing. That same area has got the least amount of medical help. You see the correlation? No Christ, no healing. Christ, healing. No Christ, no healing. You have Christ, you have healing. In their place, I'll share more with medical situation there. But I want you all to get this connection that the profession that God has called you into, the medical profession is God's number one method in evangelizing human beings on earth since the creation of the kingdom of God. And it will continue to be the same one until the end because God knows what he's doing. And if we will join him, we will not fail. Let me tell you, since we've been in the mission field and we've been there many years, we have had many missionaries that have come from many parts of the world, not only the U.S., from many, many countries. And they've come with tremendous ideas, great ideas, wonderful ideas. I'll tell you this, majority of those have fizzled out. And the missionaries have become disillusioned and they have packed their backs and gone back home. But I do not know one missionary, listen to this, I do not know one missionary who came to that place and connected healing with evangelism that have left the field. Not one, not one that connected evangelism with healing and has left frustrated. I have not seen one. Because that's the way God set it up. And if you do it the way God set it up, it will succeed because God knows what He's doing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's join God in what He's doing. If we get energized, just the amount of people here, right now, if we get energized in understanding God's goal of combining evangelism and medicine, the world will change. The 1040 window will change. The light of God will go up there. So I pray that as you are here, 
and you are seeing all these things going on, to be focused. Because sometimes a lot of uh, uh, choices can be distracting. I don't watch television. I haven't watched television in years. I don't listen to radio. I don't need it. I need the Holy Spirit to tell me what to pray about. We need to be focused intensely because the man who came for us is intensely focused. He gave up everything. He, didn't, he never had a kid. He never got married because of you and I. He was intensely focused. And for us to serve him, serve him we need to do the same. I don't know how much time I have, but I'll go on. Praise the Lord. Hey, let, listen. In, in the Eastern culture, let me tell you the way it goes, okay? When I come in, I say, praise the Lord, and you say, hallelujah. What you are saying is that go as long as you want. And you guys did say hallelujah. I heard it. <laughs> so you've signed up for this thing here, so I'm going. <laughs> The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Eventually, we'll change to that one. His mercy endures forever. When you go to say, uh, Matthew 10, when Jesus called His disciples, I want you to see an amazing thing. When He called His disciples and He was going to send them, you would think that He would give them the basics of evangelism. You would think that He would say, When you go... I want you to do A, B, C, D, and this is how you go to do it. But I'll tell you what he said. Look at 10, 7, and 8. Matthew 10, 7, and 8. This is all that he said. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Go. The main tool he gave them was a healing tool. Spiritual and physical healing tool. That's what he focused on. When you go, use this tool. And the kingdom will be established. That's what he did. If you read 35 again, he went around doing the same thing. So when they were going, every time he sent them out, he would do it. When the 70 came back, and they were bragging and they were jumping. You all remember what they said. They never said that many people came into the kingdom. Right? No. They were bragging about the healing part. The healing that took place. So demons were fleeing everywhere. We just spoke. The people were healed. The demons left them. He said, no, don't get too excited. Get excited because your names are in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's healing. My brothers and sisters, God has put the tool in your hands. And I will encourage you to use it for the purpose for which it's been given. To be used in the kingdom of God. In places that haven't heard of Christ. Now let me tell you, I told you in the beginning that he had made a great impact in my life, in the life of the people I minister in. About seven years ago, a man from this church called me. Some of you know him. His name is Dr. Charlie Vidito. 
He's a board-certified dentist in the United States, here. He called me in the bush. He said, I'm coming. I'm coming to teach you to do dentistry. I said, there's one thing we need to do. I need to go to God quickly. Come and teach me dentistry. <laughs> I need to go back to God quickly and get some help. Because you see, I was a man who was very fearful of blood. I was. My wife had a C-section. I took one look at her. I was about to fall down. And the doctor said, you, go sit down. <laughs> it's about to faint. I held my wife's hand in our living room. And I said, God, if you want me to do this, give me the ability to do it. That was seven years ago. We have seen over 40,000 patients. We have preached to over 100,000 staunch, unshakable Muslims. That wouldn't speak to a Christian. But they have come to us instead of us going to them. Many are saved. Brothers and sisters... You hear a lot of missionaries talk, who work among Muslims. Is this being on uh, internet or something? Okay. Well, <laughs> I should have asked that before I came. <laughs> the Lord is my strength, isn't he? He sure is. <laughs> they have come. I'll tell you something. Most people who work among these unrich people have a problem. And their main problem is they can't reach them because they are so far away. They are always in groups and you cannot break into their groups to give them the gospel. But I'm here to tell you I don't have that problem. I have another problem and it's my problem. I've got too many of them saved and I don't have enough people to help me disciple them. Can you imagine this? There are so many saved today as I speak on documents that I don't have enough people to help me tell them and anchor them in the kingdom of God. How could this be? When others can't reach them, how should I have so many that I am not able to disciple them all? It is because God has used this same thing that he started with. You see, where I live in that region is a small region of, part of, a, of a country, and it's called the northern region. In the northern region, there are two million people in the northern region, and there is one, one, a single government dentist who takes care of two million human beings. Two million. There's no private dentist. There's no other. There's only one government dentist who pays a salary. So either he sees one patient or zero, he gets his money. So guess what? All the people come to our clinic. Every single one of them. From the, the strongest heathen. They come to our clinic. And they listen 
the first thing we do is we give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then we treat them free. The governor of the region I live in, the governor, comes to my clinic. He sits there with everybody and hears the gospel first. The mayor of the city I live in, we call him district chief executive, is a mayor. He comes to my clinic and he sits down with everybody and hears the gospel of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The chief, the traditional chief, he owns everything in the place. I have a free reign to his palace. Because he comes to my clinic and I tell him about Jesus. And he has invited me to his palace and I can go there and teach him about Jesus there. How could I do this? Except that God has a plan and when you follow that plan, it will work. Follow God, my brothers and sisters, and you will not fail. God's plan works. God's plans works. And it works very well. You would think that we have stopped there. No, we have not. We have opened another mission in another country, further north in the Sahara. I work in the Sahara Desert, if you don't know that. Called Mali. The whole nation of Mali, there's less than 1% believers. Everybody's afraid to go there. We have opened a dental clinic there, and we have a church there, and we are discipling believers. How did we do this? Because God said, if you put healing and the word together, it will penetrate the darkest, darkest places. I know that what I'm doing there, I can't come here and do it in the U.S., you see, but all the 1040 window are third world countries and all of them need that medical help. All of them, no exception. They all need the medical help, especially dental. Because they don't even have doctors to take care of them, much less their teeth. So there are no dentists. Any of you who want to go to any country can be trained in, in, in Bethany village, in Tamale, and we would plant you in nations that you couldn't go otherwise. When we went to Bali, they said, what, do you come, what are you coming to do? So we're coming to tell you about Jesus. Oh, no, we don't want you. I said, I don't hide what I do. So to come and tell us, no, no, we don't want it. I said, okay. But if you let us come, we got dentistry. Oh, come, 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 come. Oh, come, 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 come. All the big men of the city, they all came to welcome us. Because we give them dentistry, which they don't have. That's the same thing Jesus did. That's the same thing the apostles did. That's the same thing God did. And that's the same thing we ought to do, because we are Jesus' followers. Followers of Jesus. That's what we ought to do. If there is any dental professional here whose stomach is turning because he's hearing us talking about lay dentists, I was trained in my chapel. I don't have a classmate. But I personally have seen thousands of patients. Uh, Dr. Viditov, 
came there with a research, with doctors, with high degrees, many, many doctorates, with a research program. So they came back. Is, is Charlie here? I don't see his hand, so he might not be here. Hey, Charlie is here. Well, there he is. That's the man over there. And they did a research. And he can tell you the result. If any of you want to talk to him privately, he'll tell you what the result is. We take the work very serious. People who go to the dentist that has been trained at the university, he can't do the work. They bring it to us. I'm telling you before God. When you work for God, your work is more excellent than when you work for the government. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> because you are operating on a higher level. Your accountability is higher. God is at work. Brothers and sisters, if you love God, obey His commandments. If you love Jesus, obey His commandments. If you love God, obey His commandments. It's that simple. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you obey my commandments, then you are my disciples indeed. If you love God, obey His commandments, and you will not go wrong. Because God does not go wrong. I don't know how many more minutes I have, but I'll tell you this, please. If you have any question, I'll be around here. I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll share more into details. I know this time constraint. But mighty things are happening. We are training teams right now to take them into some of the most difficult lands. And we will go into those places. Because we have what it takes and we know our God. Those who know their God shall do mighty exploits. I know my God. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the source of all power and all authority. In Him, all things consist. He holds the earth in the palm of His hand. He called it what was not as though it was and it is. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's the man who walked on the water. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If you know that man, and that man knows you, you will do mighty exploits. The Lord is with us. I'm not going to go anymore, any further. I will assume that my time is up, and this is not Tamale. So, I'll give you a break. In Tamale... When we start a Bible study, we start at 9 and we sometimes end at 4 o'clock in the evening. We don't non-stop. I'm not talking about taking a, a party break or a this break. No, no, no. We don't have time for break. We're going. <laughs> and sometimes the short-term teams, when they come there, it's fun to watch the short-term teams. I mean, it's, especially when they are from the U.S. It's, it's fun to watch them. <laughs> it's just great fun. I'll be watching them at the corner of my eyes and they'll be like this. They, they can't sit for two seconds. They'll be twisting and turning, and I'll be going right on. And they'll look at me, I'll pretend I don't see them. And, and they'll look at each other, and they'll make some signals, I'm going right on. <laughs> so a lot of them, they say, oh, we don't want to do this. The Word of God is sweet, isn't it? The Word of God is very sweet. It's nourishing. 
is strengthening. It's invigorating. God has done a miracle for me that I want to testify to. When I got here, I was pretty sick. So I had to go see the doctor this morning. And I said, Lord, you brought me over 6,000 miles. And so if it is you who brought me and you want this message to be heard that you've given to me, then you heal me. And he's done a miracle, hasn't he? He's a healing God. That's what I'm talking to you about. He's a healing God. I'm like Paul. He said in Romans chapter 15, verse 18, 19, 20. He said, I do not dare to tell the Gentiles anything except what God has first accomplished in me. In words and in deeds. So I don't tell anybody to go and do anything that I don't do it first. When Dr. Charlie came there, I was the first dentist to be trained with three other men. I've also been trained to be an eye doctor. And guess where that was done? It wasn't done in UFL. It wasn't done in UK. It was done in my chapel. The same famous chapel. Now, we've got an eye clinic. We've got all the equipment. We are getting ready to start doing eye surgery in that clinic. I learned that. When God told us to farm, I said, I never farmed before. He said, I'll teach you. He taught me to farm. I'm a farmer. Before you go and tell somebody, you ought to live it first. Because that's God's plan for you. Amen. 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 I don't think we have anything else after I finish. So maybe we can go another half an hour. Uh, since I'll be the last speaker. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I know America, you don't play with time. No, you don't do that. No, 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 you don't do that. In Africa, if you can't do it today, what's the big deal? There's tomorrow <laughs> or next week. <laughs> no problem. I like it when somebody is coming to visit me. They say, oh, I'll come to your place tomorrow. That's it. Now, that's a, a civilized person to tell you I'll come there tomorrow. Usually they don't say anything. They just show up. You wake up early in the morning, they are sitting at your door. So what are you doing here? Well, I came to visit. Oh, okay. Mm, let's visit. <laughs> but the more civilized one will say, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. So tomorrow, from when you wake up to when you go to bed, is tomorrow. And they can show up any time between that and it's tomorrow. And you're ready for them. So life is a lot different than it is here. But I respect your time. Because God is also a God of time and order. Praise the Lord. Any of you that are interested, you can check out our website. It's Nalabasta Project Ministries. Alabaster Project Ministries. That's not what I came to tell. That's why I haven't said anything about it. I came to tell you what God said. That this thing you are involved in is bigger than you know. This profession that is given you is part of his plan, not only for you, but for his kingdom. And whatever we use it for, we account for it later. So it's good for us to use it for him, so we can get a blessing when we stand before him.
two things I have shared with you. Your profession is a key to reaching the unrich people groups. The medical profession is a key that God has put together to reach the unrich people groups. That's the key. And number two is that we need to move to the second level of missions. The first one is what we do ourselves, like Jesus did. The second level is to get others, empower them, equip them, and help them to go. And that is the better one, because that's the multiplication. May the Lord add his blessing to these seeds that have been planted. And may they grow to bear fruit that will bring glory and honor to his name. All that you do for God, he shall, which is the strongest English word, he shall reward you. Because he does not owe anybody. He pays all his debt in full. Father, I thank you and I bless you. I magnify your name, Lord. You've done a mighty work for me. You've done a mighty work for us. In that when we were, when we were yet sinners, sitting in the shadow of death with no hope, you came and you died for us. So that we also shall have life and be called the children of God. And I pray, Lord, for every man and every woman in this place that they will know you as their Lord and Savior. But above all, they will know you as their master and they will obey your commandments. I pray for anybody here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Lord, that you begin to prick their hearts, begin to speak to them. Let them know that you have come, that they may have life and life abundantly. If there is anybody here who does not know the Lord, does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that as I pray, I'm going to pray a short prayer, you pray with me. Preferably you pray it aloud. I know that people will say you should pray it quietly, but I prefer you pray it loud because you want witnesses, the Bible says, to that. So if there's anybody here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and if Jesus were to come today, they wouldn't know where they would be. Please don't be shy. Please don't postpone it. For we do not know the time nor the hour. I've said that to many people who did not see the following hour. So do not be fearful. The Lord is here to help. Father, I have heard. If anybody here who is not saved, you want to pray aloud with, after me, please do. Father, I have heard this day that you came and died for my sins. And that if I accept you as my Lord and my Savior in my heart, and I open my mouth to confess it aloud, you forgive me all my sins, and you give me eternal life. So, Lord, I repent of all my sins, and I ask you to come and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, so that I can obey your words and live a godly life. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Father, we thank you. Now that you brought us here safely, we pray that you take us back home safely. Because of the glory of your name, we pray. Amen.
God bless you. The Lord bless you. Thank you, Jesus. My hope is that you are clapping for Jesus. That's my hope. So God bless you. We don't have anything else. Uh, I'm supposed to close you. Is that right? So I'm closing. Please, you are all dismissed. You can go home so that tomorrow you come 6 o'clock. Early in the morning, we get started again. Come back together. God bless you. Amen.